Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hi, guys. It is episode 18 of the NBA show. I'm your host, Riley Killian, and I am here today with producer Jack and Haley, who is on the phone to help me out today. Thank you guys for coming. Okay, so first up, we are going to talk about a memorable moment that we can remember watching from a game, or was there a headline that you remember just sitting there going, wow, how did that happen? So for me, it was watching... I, got, I was watching live on the TV the Kawhi Leonard shot against Philadelphia, which did not, it was just the craziest, craziest shot. It didn't look like it was going in, then it did, then it did, and again, and it was madness. Me and my mum were just sitting there, like, gobsmacked. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to do for the next five minutes. It was the craziest shot I think I can remember in the past 10 years. Um, Jack, do you have one of these moments that you can think about? Uh, yeah, so it's probably in like the 2017-18 season when it was the game OKC versus Denver Nuggets when Russell Westbrook got his 42nd. I think he either broke or tied. I think he broke the record that game mm-hmm. against the Denver Nuggets and it was just a crazy shot where it was like Stephen Adams gets the ball, passes it back to Russell Westbrook, and then Russell Westbrook, deep shot. He get it. He got it. You know, what a perfect ending to a historic day. Mm. It's a good quote. Uh, I just remember it. Like, Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And the Chicago Bulls have won their first ever NBA championship. As Kobe Bryant at the buzzer in overtime. Gets the win for Los Angeles. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. It's over. The Bucks have done it. Celebration has begun in Boston. Most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches and how it carries forward to the next generation. So we are talking about probably the most problematic team in offseason so far. Jack's looking at me like that's debatable, but I'm talking about no other than the Brooklyn Nets. What is going on? Do they have a team next year? Do they not? We touched on this a few weeks ago in our free agency talk, but obviously the news of KD and Kyrie Irving sent shockwaves through the NBA and teams are trying to come together with a package for KD, but it's just not enough because they have to give up basically their full roster plus more for him. Um, Haley, do you see maybe perhaps Katie or Kari moving, or do you think it's just too hard and they'll just end up staying? Um, well, I think most recent reports said that Kyrie Irving was planning on playing the season with the Nets. I think Katie's still hoping to get out, but just with you know his incredible value, that mm-hmm. um, the Nets obviously aren't going to give him up for nothing. And I think it's sort of the typical thing with a lot of teams where. You know that they've got this like generational talent, and they're not gonna want to pass him up without getting a lot for him. So I could see it taking a while to pan out, as you've seen. This free agency has been very slow, so mm. 
I think ultimately he's shown he wants to leave the team and I can see why, but I'm not sure how soon that would be able to actually happen. Yeah, and I think as well, like with KD requesting a trade, teams have been very stagnant to make any other trades. So the trade yeah. has kind of been a bit slow because they want the opportunity to draft, to not draft, to trade for KD um, and get him into their team. But I think it'd be way too much. Do you think it would be way too much to give up for KD, Jack? Uh, yeah, I, it's, I think any trade is going to be quite a bit to get Mr. Kevin Durant. Like it, you're going to have to give up basically half your team to get him. If, if that, like maybe even the whole team, really, he's just, he's, he's going to be that expensive. Like I wouldn't give him up for peanuts. Mm, it's no. just pretty difficult. No. And I was watching a video and they were like, well, this is one of the, biggest like superstars to request a trade in very recent like in recent history and so no one really knows what the max to give him to give up for him is but also Brooklyn are like well why should we get rid of him because he is a superstar and he puts Brooklyn on the map even when he doesn't play he still brings heaps of fans in so there's too much upside to keep not getting rid of KD and keeping him even if he doesn't play with half the season. Uh, but speaking of who doesn't play seasons, we are also forgetting that Brooklyn Nets does have the Australian that we don't love to claim, but we do. He does come from Australia. Uh, ben Simmons is on the roster. Do you think he is having a comeback season? I'll start with you, Haley. What do you think of him? He obviously didn't play this year. Do you think he could get back to some form or do you th- really just think he's a waste of space in the Brooklyn roster? Um, well, I think he's definitely, I mean, he's, you know, former number one draft pick. He's like a three-time all-star. He's shown that he's got lots of value. I think just with all the off-court drama and stuff and like his mindset to playing with like lack of confidence, but also just sort of choosing to sit out and even all the stuff with like money, you know, he was facing all his money and salary that he was losing, but he didn't want to step on the court. I think all that stuff will make it a lot harder, but I don't think we can completely give up on him just yet. Like I think being in a different environment, obviously being away from Philly where he spent his career so far, I think it would just be interesting to see what he can do now. But I think, you know, he's definitely got a lot of talent there and we'll just have to see. Yeah, they they gave up. Brooklyn didn't give up necessarily a heap for him. They did give up James Harden in return for Ben Simmons, and they both seem to be panning out pretty similar. Uh, but we mm. can't call out James Harden just yet for his final finals performance. He says he will do better. Jack, what do you think of Ben Simmons? Do you think he's just, like I said, a bit of a waste of space on that roster, or do you think he can get in that mindset to play? I mean, I hope he gets into the mindset to play because he's a very good player when he does play. It's just that he's got to play first, you know? Like, I can't wait. I don't think he'll ever do it just because I don't think he's mentally, you know, strong enough to play. But I would love to see him play even his first game just in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? The, the fans would go crazy. The fan, The Philadelphia fans are crazy people. Yeah. Imagine them with Ben Simmons, the player that decided to sit on their bench 
you know, passed off that dunk, you know, <laughs> all that sort of stuff against Trey Young, of all people. Like, he is just, Ben Simmons is not, I don't, I don't know. I feel like he's not necessarily a waste of space if he does get to playing, but at this rate, he's really got to try and he needs to kick up, you know, kick up the bum and start to, he needs to get ready to play again. Yeah, and I think it's also important to point out, like, yes, he's not a great shooter, but you look at the likes of Lonzo Ball, who was a terrible shooter coming into the league, and he just worked so hard to be better at it. And I would like to see Ben Simmons work that hard because if he is playing point guard, the the reality is he doesn't have a jump shot to be a long a point guard for a long time in this league and be successful at it. Um, but I guess where do you see? I'll let whoever jump in here. Where do you see them finishing next year? Do you think all this off court drama has really put a a wedge in their team, or do you think they'll pull it together? if everyone stays and all all the stars align and get get close to a really solid playoff run? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Brooklyn Nets are probably going to finish. Like if, they, if KD and Kyrie both play, because that's what really screwed them up, hmm. if Ben Simmons, you know, doesn't check out mentally again, if Kyrie is just not a problem again, if KD, you know, he always gets injured every week. Uh, if look, if it, all this does, if they all put all the issues aside, I could easily see them being in the Eastern Conference Finals. They can make the finals. They're a good team. They're just, ugh. they're all. I don't know. It's just too difficult for them. I reckon they're just a difficult personality. It's too many egos. You know, Steve Nash needs to be a stronger coach towards them mm. because at the moment. He just lets KD and Kyrie walk right over him, and it's just not good, I don't reckon. Yeah. Haley, where do you think they will finish at the end of the season if you could look into that crystal ball and see where they would end up by the end of the year? Yeah. Well, I completely agree with Jack. I think they've definitely got the talent to go pretty far, but it's just about their mindsets and egos. Um, but I think just with everything, like, especially having such publicity during this free agency time of people obviously saying they don't want to be there. I think that's not going to help the overall group environment heading into a new season. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd probably say, and just with like, it's a long season, 82 games, like Jack said, getting injured and all that stuff and just all the drama that comes with the Brooklyn Nets. I would probably say more around mid, like four, five, six. I don't see them finishing too high for the because they have to be consistent across the whole season. But you know, I think they could do something in the postseason, but they might not necessarily have as good of a regular season standing. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And you've got to also remember that they are aging, so there is more likelihood of injuries. We know Kyrie's quite injury prone. We know KD over the last few years is quite injury prone. And Ben Simmons just decides when he does or doesn't want to play. Uh in talking this, I'll make this the last question for this segment. Do you think when Brooklyn made this move that KD and Kyrie were going to team up and at the same time LeBron and AD were teamed up and then you had Steph Curry who was in like with injured Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, but they were going to team up eventually. Do you think this is setting a really bad, not a bad example, but setting a really 
bad habit into creating these super teams to be the only way they can win championships. I don't think it's too proven to work when you look at the Bucks not doing that and, you know, Yana staying and creating a, a team-oriented style of basketball. But do you think the super teams is just a phase or do you think it's just where the NBA is heading? I'll pass this on to you, Haley, first. Um, I think definitely a couple of seasons ago that was sort of the move. All these teams were getting their big star um, pairings. But I think we're sort of past that phase now. Like you see with the Warriors having another championship, they were a team that was built. Obviously, they got Wiggins, who was a former number one draft pick. But, you know, Brook, uh, not Brooklyn, Boston and even like Phoenix um, and the Bucks, they've all sort of been teams that have been drafted and built not bought so I think yeah I think we're probably past that phase now and there have been good representations of that yeah and I think the Celtics their their young core I know they're trying to there was rumors that they were trying to split them up Uh, they were going to give up Jalen Brown for KD but I feel like if Celtics in particular can give up keep their young core that they're just going to be such a good team for a very long time would you agree Jack the thing is you need I think that Boston did the right thing with offering Jalen Brown for KD. I think the championship window is so small for every team. Like you can see Boston made the finals this year. You don't know when they're going to make it next time. Look at Miami. They made it during the bubble. Yeah, they've been one of the top teams. They haven't made it since. Mm. Milwaukee. Yeah, they won a championship last year. But what? That's their first, that's their, you know, first championship in a long time. Look at Philadelphia. Ben Simmons and Embiid, they were like the number one seed like two seasons ago. Now, where are they? You know, you you got to have to buy sometimes. And it, it does suck because, you know, it ruins the parity of the NBA. Like, it, it's, it's tough, but you got to sometimes, you just got to buy. And, yeah, I do agree that Boston could be, it be, might be good to keep them for the future. Because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will be really good together, obviously. But if you can get, you know, if you can get KD, then you can get KD. Like, yeah. I think that's just it. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams would agree and a lot of GMs are agreeing with you. If you can get KD, you go get KD kind of thing. But as we were just talking about Celtics, we'll move into our next segment, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? MVP, Shaquille O'Neal. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry Bird. Magic, red hot here. An incredible shot by LeBron James. Jordan with two seconds to go, puts it up, and scores at the buzzer. My mentality was to go out and win at any cost. He said, I'm going to show you, nobody will ever work as hard as I work. Okay, so today when we filmed this, we heard about the unfortunate passing of Bill Russell, the 11-time NBA champion that really, he, he only played at Boston, but he really was on and off the court an absolute legend of this game. Um, five-time MVP, 15 points per game, 22.5 rebounds per game, four assists, per game and, of course, part of the NBA 75 team. Uh, Jack, I'll give this to you first. 
what did you see when you saw his passing? How did you feel? Uh, it's a bit, it's a bit sad, obviously. Like, yeah, he was, he was 88. So he, he lived a long life. Like he, he probably, you know, brought a lot to the NBA that not many can. Like he, he was the star back in the day, you know, ele- you know, 11 championships, five MVPs. He was beating, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem, all those sort of players, Petit, all of them just to like do it. And he even did it, you know, like he, he was just, he was just the best. Like he was the best. No one can really beat him. Yeah. Like it does suck, unfortunately that he's passed, but you know, he's lived, he has lived a great life and you, it, it just sucks that way. Yeah. Yes. It's what it is. He won most of his championships against the Lakers. I watched a three-part documentary and I was very, very, very upset about all that, of course. Um, and, you know, so that's the part that, um, you know, is a bit sucky that we watched him beat us all the time. But Haley, without Bill Russell in that time playing NBA, where do you think the NBA may have gone if he never existed, if he didn't bring the fan base over to the NBA and get people watching games? Do you think the NBA would be anything like it is today or maybe something completely different? Um, I don't know if it wouldn't be what it is today, but it definitely wouldn't have happened that early if he wasn't there. Like it might have happened later in time, but just all his sort of activism, he was a really big part about sort of, confronting racism and I think if I'm correct it was in 1964 he was part of the Boston Celtics having the first all-black American starting five lineup which you know was just such a key moment of shifting in racism so I think yeah he was definitely very pivotal pivotal to like that movement and the NBA yeah it might not be what it is today but it definitely wouldn't have been as early if it wasn't for Bill Russell. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if he wasn't as well, if he wasn't half as good, probably half these things may not have happened as soon as they did. Um, if if only, if like he was just an average, if he was just an av- another average centre, it may not have gone the path that it went. Um, but he obviously was a defensive lock. He was such a key part of Celtic's defence. Do you think he is one of the best defensive centres of all time or is there someone else that kind of stands out to you? Obviously, in more recent times, there's the likes of Rudy Gobert, who's won a heap of defensive players of the year. There's Ben Wallace. Uh, Who else in recent memory could we talk about? Uh, Well, how, how far is recent? Just name one. I'm saying like Hakeem, you know. Yeah, Hakeem. So where would you rank? I'll just pass this to whoever wants to jump in. Where who sorry, where would we rank him in the best defensive centers of all time? Um in with those names. Obviously Rudy Gobert's still making a name for himself as he's still in the NBA, but I feel like you can't pass him off since he's won what four defensive players of the year and is constantly in that conversation. Uh, I think he's definitely top three. He's up him and Ben Wallace are probably 1A, 1B. And then you have Hakeem third. Just because Hakeem and, sorry, not Hakeem, Bill Russell and uh, Ben Wallace, they were doing that at, you know, Bill Russell is 6'10", 
Ben Wallace is six six or six eight or something like that. Yeah. They were not tall players, you know? Like they had to go up against Wilt Chamberlain or obviously like Ben Wallace had to go up against like Shaq. But all these massive and dominant guys, it's like you try guarding someone seven one when they're like an extra four inches taller than you. It's just difficult. And like like they're clearly just the best at what they did, and like it, that's all I can say, really. Yeah, and you know, I personally would not be like, would not like to play against Kareem Skyhook or a one hundred point Wilt Chamberlain. I think that would be petrifying. And obviously, Bill Russell played against both of them. Uh, Haley, where would you rank him in best defensive centers or best centers of all time? If well, he would be in that conversation. Obviously, winning eleven NBA championships. Um, yeah, I'd definitely say he's up there. I think that his defensive abilities might not always be as recognised because I don't think they actually had the like defensive player of the year awards back when he was playing. So, you know, he might he would have probably more than anyone who currently plays or recent times would have, but he hasn't had that recognition. But I'd definitely say, like Jack said, he's really up there. I would also add Dennis Rodman probably to that group for the best defenders I completely forgot about him but he was in like the back of my mind um yes that's a very good point out Haley. glad you brought it up because the comments would have been how dare you forget about Dennis Rodman um but yeah he that is a great point that there wouldn't have been defensive player of the year around when he was playing um so he has not been as recognized as the Rudy Gobert's as the Dennis Rodman's and the people like that uh, last question, I'm going to pa- give this to you both. He's obviously in the NBA All-75 team. Where would you rank him? Obviously, Michael Jordan would probably be number one in most books. Um, LeBron would be up there. Kareem would be up there. But where would you rank Bill Russell in your NBA 75 team? I'll go you, Haley, first. Where would you? Where would he be, roughly? It doesn't have to be. Cool. I don't know. It's pretty hard to say because like a lot of takes, you know, show the game's just so different today is how it used to be. Um, but I definitely say he'd probably, like, he'd have to be, like, top 10 at least, if not, like, top five or six. Just with, you know, being the ultimate winner, really having 11 rings, I don't think you can compete much with that. And he was really doing it in different ways as well. He wasn't just scoring. I think he averaged more rebounds in every season than he did points. So he was like, it wasn't just the scoring. It was just being the ultimate teammate in, you know, the era of the Boston Celtics, really. So I think he'd have to be pretty high up there. Yeah. Jack, would you agree or would you put him maybe a bit lower on the list? I mean, yeah, I agree with Haley. He's definitely top 10. I, I don't know where in the top 10. Like the problem with him is he did play in the 50s, which, you know, no fault of his own. He still had diverse against Will, you know, Kareem, all those players. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely tough, obviously. But I feel like top ten, maybe. I reckon maybe top eight. Yeah. If he's eight or even lower, a bit higher. Sorry, but you know, definitely probably eighth. I reckon. So I'd have him. Yeah, and he he obviously did more for the game of basketball than just what he did on the on the court, which doesn't, it, which isn't looked at when you think of the NBA 75 team. 
but you know he's definitely going to be a missed character in the NBA. Um, it's heaps of condolences to the family have been posted on social media, including the likes of Michael Jordan, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, all the organizations have just labeled him as a champion on and off the court. And, you know, we, you know, rest in peace, Bill Russell. um, And we give the condolences to the family who I'm sure are very upset right now, but we will in saying that we will go into our last section rapid fire and we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things what you need to know tonight sincere apologies to matt damon we ran out of time for him tonight we'll get him on the air again soon okay so this week we have learned coming out of golden state warriors we've learned that draymond green is wanting a max contract do Warriors give it to him? Do Warriors not? Um, I'll start with maybe you, Jack. When you heard this news, did you really think he is deserving of a max contract? Some people call him a glorified role player. I'm sure if Shelly was on this show, she would never let me say those words. Um, but, Jack, what do you think? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe his career deserves a max contract, but right now he definitely does not deserve a max contract. He played like pretty bad in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. Like he was he was a little bit of a detriment to his team. He oh, I don't know, I'm not a huge Draymond fan. I I don't like him. But I don't know, he's just uh, I don't think he deserves one at the moment. He's 32. He's expecting a max contract, so thirty million plus or twenty million. No, yeah, like thirty million plus for the next four years. Mm. You're gonna be thirty six by the time that ends, and you're already like getting run off the court. Mm. No, don't give it to him. I I don't think he deserves it. Like maybe fifteen to twenty million. All right, I I think okay, you've done a lot for the team. Mm. You know, you are a very good player. We need you, but that's the most I'll budge. Like no one's going to offer him a max contract if it's not the Warriors. Can you, there's not a team that is desperate enough to give Draymond that money. Like it's just stupid. Lakers are always pretty desperate for any player over 30, Jack. What are you talking about? That um, is a good point. I forgot about the Lakers. <laughs> um, I, might, I take that back. Lakers <laughs> will give him that 30 million. Yeah, no, that's the sad thing. Um, Haley, do you think he deserves one or I guess he's obviously getting older, as Jack said, but his, which also Jack said, his locker presence for the Warriors is very important to them. And he, just him being on the court is very important to their style of play. Do you think he deserves a max contract or do you think he's being unreasonable? Um, I definitely don't think they should give him a max contract. I think, like you said, he's like 32 now and obviously he brings a lot to the team, but Like, the Warriors being built, not bought, as I said earlier, apart from, like, mainly Wiggins there, you know, they're a new team that's getting into, like, that luxury tax and paying all the extra fees. So paying someone like Draymond Green top dollar isn't going to help them a lot with... I know he brings a lot to the team, but it's not as much as what that money would be. Yeah, exactly. And you also have to think in this off-season as well, James Harden, who I would say is 100 times better, is taking a pay cut while Draymond Green's on his podcast demanding that he gets a max deal in the next year. And you kind of just look at that and go, 
what is Draymond's priorities? He's obviously won four NBA champions championships and that may not be a priority anymore. Now he wants money. I heard, um, I think Kat said it when she was the host that he wants to be a billionaire while being an active player. So maybe that's why he wants said max contract. Um, he's a bit of a character, Draymond. Uh, I won't lie. If LeBron is the first active player to be worth a billion dollars, then I don't see Draymond being the second. But um, Jack's looking at me like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> this reminds me, his, this current situation reminds me like Latrell Sprewell in a way, where he was like, where the reason that Latrell Sprewell left the NBA is because he was declining. Like he, his career was going down and then like on his last one, he declined 20 million because, and I quote, he's got a family to feed. Right. That This was what it feels like with Draymond <laughs> where he's wanting a max contract because, you know, he's got to get to, he's got a family to feed, you know, he can't lose out this bad. Yeah. But, it, and, it just feels a lot like the Latrell Sprewell situation that's going to happen to him. And it could backfire like a Dennis Schroeder situation, which is in more recent memory because he, he got offered a fair bit of money from Lakers and then took like a $10 million pay cut to play for Celtics because no one else wanted him for the money that Lakers were offering. Um, again, Lakers do love giving a lot of money to average players, but we already knew that. Um, Haley, I'll give this to you. Is it more of a detriment that Draymond, if Draymond Green were to get a max contract, do you think it's more of a detriment to the Warriors with their young core and the likes of Jordan Poole there? Kevon Looney had a great breakout in the fin- in the playoffs and finals. You obviously got Kaminga. Um, who, who else is there? There's James some- Wiseman. Sorry? James Wiseman. Yeah. So do you think it would be more of a detriment to the Warriors if he were to accept a max contract or demand a max contract? Um, well, like I said, I just don't think he's got that, like, value. Like, obviously, he's a really key player to them and does a lot of the things that stats don't necessarily recognise. But I think, like Jack said, he'd be, what, like 36 or 37 when that runs out and... I think they're in a bit of a transition phase. Like, obviously, winning this year, you know, they think they're going to hopefully run it back or whatever. But, you know, you've got people like Steph and Clay and Draymond who are really ageing, but then you've got that key group of young players coming up. And, yeah, I think it's, they, you know, even if they have to lose him, I think they've had a good run with him. You know, he was a second-round pick. There wasn't that big of an expectation for him. Um, but if it means they lose him, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think they should offer him contract. Yeah, I don't think he I don't think personally he deserves one, even though he does want one. Um Jack, do you think the young core is more important right now than saving the legacy of Steph, Clay and Draymond? Because you've obviously got J- James Wiseman, that's who I was forgetting all the time, coming back from injury. And then you've got Kevon Looney who is a bit older but still matches that young core timeline. Um Jordan Poole's in that group. Kaminga's there. They got someone from the draft I completely forgot, but he's going to be quite good too. He's an NBA-ready player. Do you think their young core is more important right now than their legacy of Steph Clay and Draymond? 
It's a bit tough. It's like I said earlier, because the championship window for most teams is really small. And I understand, I, I don't think Draymond deserves his max contract. Mm. And when you think about these young players, the only one who I think is super good at the moment is Jordan Poole. Mm. And obviously he's going to try and get that rookie max, which is the problem because you have four people that you need to give a max to, mm. which Steph's already got his max. He's got the super max, you know, 50 million he's making a year. Mm. You have Clay Thompson, who's also getting a max contract, a max contract. You can't give four people a max contract and then try and keep your young core by giving them money. That's just too much. Yeah. You're just going to be in debt by the end of it. And it's just no point. Like, the young core is good, but Kaminga is all right. He he is still a, he's just come off a rookie season. James Wiseman's been injured the whole time. It's a bit tough. Yeah. I don't know, it's it's I the young core is just very difficult to keep. Yeah. And I get that the championship window is now and they need to, you know, put money to it now, but Draymond doesn't need that max contract. Like there's other people that deserve the whole team could take his contract more and it would be more fit, helpful to the team. It would. And I think, as you said, the championship window for any team is so small, but they have obviously built a great dynasty and a dynasty that will be talked about for a very long time with the team they have. But a championship window isn't promised for these dynasties every year. Um, And it took them a while to come back and get their next championship, obviously, with a few in between. Last question before we wrap up the show. Is Draymond a Hall of Famer? I'm going to pass this on to Haley first because I'll let Jack ponder on it because he's giving me a strange face. Uh, do, Haley, do Who you... says I'm not giving you a strange face? Oh, I can't see your face right now. Do you... <laughs> <laughs> do you think he is a Hall of Famer? Haley? Well, it's, it's tough because, like, you know, he's obviously won like four championships. He's part of one like the modern day dynasty of the Warriors. Um, and you know, defensive player of the year. He's shown his impact in lots of different ways, apart from scoring, really. But it just really depends on what that criteria is for Hall of Fame, because he's definitely been a big factor in this Warriors team. But yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, it, it is hard. And then you look at the likes of last week we talked about Derek Rose maybe not being in the Hall of Fame, even though he's an NBA M- MVP. But, Jack, you look like he I'm, – I'm going to read Jack's mind and say he probably thinks Draymond doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but maybe we'll get into the Hall of Fame because of his teammates. Is that what you're going to say? No. Oh. I don't know. He's like, look, I'm looking at basketball reference right now and their Hall of Fame probability. They currently have him at 77%. Which, I mean, yeah, does he deserve it? Looking at his stats, you know, four All-Stars, four NBA champs, you know, two All-NBAs, one Defensive Player of the Year, seven All-Defensive. He's a bit like Dennis Rodman, but Dennis Rodman obviously, you know, did a lot more, I would say. But it, it's tough. I think he will make it. Yeah. Does it help that he had really good teammates? Yes, but that helps with everyone in the Hall of Fame, if you think about it. Like, no one's making it in, really, but just by themselves. 
So, True. like, if he wasn't on the Warriors, there's no chance he made it. So he's lucky he got into that system and that helped him get to his Hall of Fame status, which, unfortunately, I reckon he will be in the Hall of Fame, but he will make it. Like, you know, he, he'll, he'll do it. There's no chance he doesn't. Yeah, and not I'm going to say probably not a first ballot Hall of Fame, probably probably not a first ballot. But, uh, yeah, as Haley said, it's all about the criteria of what, what gets you into the Hall of Fame. We were talking about it in very very big detail last week that you know there is like I feel like the criteria is always moving for what is a hall of fame player or coach uh, depending on the person and who picks the people each year Um, but yeah as always thank you Jack and Hayley for jumping on and talking basketball with me Uh, We will see you guys next week. And thank you again, listeners, for all your support. We love, we would love to hear from you and maybe come up with some warm-up questions because uh, rumour has it the host is struggling coming up with stuff. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a big, it's a big um, headline. But, yeah, thank you always for listening and thank you, Jack and Hayley, for joining on with me tonight. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.